This is the Wells of Salvation, and I'm Brother Paul Bryson, welcoming you to another program. I'm going to be looking at some scripture that we find in the uh, uh, New Testament especially, uh, and actually in the Old Testament as well, but this has to do with us being a new creature or in Christ or however you want to say it. But in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, We know. Now notice that. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now, what brings about this change to not love the brother? Now, I'm not talking about a fleshly love like you would love a brother in your family. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a spiritual brother. And we uh, must have a different uh, organization about us before we can do that. And we can't do it on our own. We cannot have the kind of love for a brother that God requires uh, just in the flesh. Uh, that's good that we do that, but that's not what he's talking about. So let's look at it, that God is telling us that we've passed from death unto life. Now, what is it to be in a state of death? Well, being separated from God. You see, the Bible says, in Adam all die. So whenever Adam broke one law, he died. Spiritually, not physically. The Bible teaches us in the fifth chapter of Genesis that he lived to be 930 years old. But he began to die physically that day, even though it took that long for him to finally die. And his death, though, that God had told him, in, if you eat this forbidden fruit in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And die he did. And so that soul that every one of us have, it is born dead as far as the human part of us is. But you see, we have to be born, Jesus said, again. We're born one time in the flesh. We may look like our father, our mother, or brothers or sisters, but that's the fleshly birth. But we must be born again. Now, the word for that, the big word, is regeneration. The word regeneration means to be again, meaning we are dead. But to be alive again is going to require another birth. We just have one birth, but we've got to have another one. And that birth does not come about by works of righteousness, which we do, or we think of them as righteousness. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. They stink. 
So whenever we look at being born another time, we need to find out how that goes about. And uh, uh, we're taught that because God has promised us uh, in the, uh, well, let's see, it would be Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. He said, a new heart, a new one. So you see, it's it's not this heart that is beating and the blood going around through our veins. That's That's not the one. It couldn't be. Because it said, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. See, this old spirit has to be taken out. And may I say, this is what takes place in regeneration. We are given a new heart and a new spirit. And he said, I'll put that new spirit within you. It's going to be in us. It's going to reside in us. Remember now, the old spirit is taken out, and a new spirit is put in its place. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. In other words, something that can feel. A lot of people talk about, oh, you can't know whether you're saved or not. Oh, yes, you can. People that say that just haven't been saved, uh, I think, and that's that's a bad place to be. But our lives in this original birth, it's so short, uh, and we need to look at that one and then look at the other way that God puts the new birth or the new spirit in us. He told us that uh, we're strangers before thee, and sojourners, as were all our fathers. See, all of them have died. Your relatives have died. Your loved ones have died. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. You know, the sun comes up in the east of a morning, and it sets in the west of a night. So you see, it's not here long. It doesn't abide. It doesn't stay. It moves on. You can't stop it. There's no one. You, we could take the most mighty military power that we have to try to stop the sun from shining and casting the shadows. We just can't do that. It's just not going to happen. So that's where our life is. It We're just like a shadow before thee is what... Uh, the writer of First Chronicles 29 was talking about. And Job, he said, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. He knows that uh, his life's coming to an end, but um, it's measured out uh, like a postman. Here in the United States, we have postmen that go up and down the streets. They leave mail at this house and the next house and the next house. But he doesn't tarry. He has to hurry in order to get the mail delivered that day. So he's at this house, then he's in the, at the next, and on and on and on. And so uh, he says uh, that my days are swifter than a post or a postman. They flee away. Now, 
Uh, it's also uh, rendered as a hand breadth in the, its extent. In the 39th division of the Psalms, in the 5th verse, he said, Behold, thou hast made my days as a hand breadth, and mine age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state, at his best state, is altogether vanity. In other words, it's, it's a joke, almost, that our days are so short. And then... Uh, this, too, is something that James said that I have preached on this subject many times because of the impact it should have on the life of every one of us. Listen to what James says in chapter 4 and verse 4. He said, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, or tomorrow, for what is your life? That's asking the question, uh, what's the substance of your life? Well, he said, uh, it's even a vapor. Not like as a vapor, vapor, but a vapor. You know, you've seen the steam come up out of a kettle or a pot, and, and you just sit for a second, and then it's gone. That's where our lives are. Uh, he said, Our lives even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And so uh, we can see by this that uh, we are not here in this life with this birth that was given us. Uh, it, it, it just doesn't last long. So that tells us, God's telling us from his word, from one lid of the Bible to the other, get ready, you're going to die. Get ready, you're going to die. And that is something that is really, really uh, hard to deal with. But now let's, let's go to this other side of this new life that God gives us. In the 36th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, in the 26th verse, he said, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Now, I've just gone through that, how that this old stony heart, you can't write anything on it, you can't make an impression on it, because it's stony, it's hard. But he said, I'm going to put a heart in there that you can feel. Something you know about. All right. Uh, John tells us in the first chapter that Jesus came unto his own. His own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Listen, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, do you see, here is showing who our spiritual father is. It's not man. It's nothing to do with man, but it has altogether to do with God because uh, we're not born of blood nor the will of the flesh. See, that's how the natural birth takes place. 
whenever a man overshadows a woman, he plants that sperm, it connects with the egg, and in nine months, if everything goes well, uh, then she'll have that child. But that's a fleshly birth. That's one of flesh and blood, we say. But he's saying this one is not any of that. And Jesus himself said, you've got to have that one. You must have that one. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born, listen, again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that's done with spiritual vision and a spiritual birth, and it's uh, certainly something that you just you can't go to heaven without it. That's the long and the short of it. But notice in the Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Creature, the old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. See, what he's saying that when we are in Christ, if any man be in Christ, then we are a new creature. Well, you know that you have not been made a new creature as far as having another fleshly birth. And see, that's what poor old Nicodemus thought. He thought, um, you know, if a man enters the second time in his mother's womb, uh, could he be born again like that? And Jesus was saying, no. Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, means it still is. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit, means that it still is. But there is an eternal separation. Get this. There's an eternal separation between being born of the flesh and being born of the Spirit, because they both stay the same. Do you see? And so that's what he wants us to know, that regeneration is a new birth. Now, <clears throat> if we look at how necessary that new birth is, uh, we can read what Paul said when he wrote to Titus in chapter 3 and verse 5. He said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of re regeneration. See, there's that word again. And renewing of the Holy Ghost. And so you see, that's... <sighs> We have that washing of regeneration. There's a washing that takes place. That soul, with all that sin that's on it and in it, it has to be washed. It has to be made new. Because that old corruptible soul just cannot go to heaven. And that's what the gospel is telling us, that there was a man who was named Jesus that came to this world. He lived a perfect life before God and before men. Uh, he was crucified. And Paul said that, uh, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. 
and raised again the third day according to the scriptures. And so we can see that that's what happened. Now then, how does that happen? That's, that's the big question. It wasn't being born by going back to the mother's womb. It wasn't that. Jesus said, no, that is not it. But here we find Peter saying, uh, being born again, not of corruptible seed. See, you and I in this body were corruptible. And when the Bible is talking about the resurrection, it'll say this corruptible must put on incorruption. And so that's what Peter's talking about here. He said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. How plain is something in the Bible said? This is as clear as daylight. And if we're born again, it's not of corruptible seed. That's telling us that our bodies is going to die. It's going back to the dust from whence it came. But now, being born again by the word of God, the word of God liveth and abideth forever. Well, I've already said how that we're born of the flesh by a man overshadowing a woman and planting the seed. Now, that was a corruptible seed because that birth, that person is going to die. But when we come down to being born again of an incorruptible seed, okay, now we're getting down to how that we're in Christ. We have to be born again and place in his uh, divinity as far as our soul is concerned, being a child of God. And now we're not divine like God is in the sense that he knows everything, he's all-powerful, and that he's everywhere at one time. I am not talking about that. I am talking about us hearing the word of God. What does the Bible says? say? It says, so then, faith. Now we have to be born again and in order to do that, we have to have faith. Not the faith we're born with. That won't work. But in the second chapter of the book of Ephesians, in the eighth uh, verse and ninth verse, it'll say, uh, being born again. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not what I, <laughs> what I was wanting to say. I was wanting to say that in the eighth verse, for by grace... Are you saved through faith? Now, which faith is it? Is it the faith that I was born with, that I can have faith, that I could walk across a log, across a body of water, or sit down in the chair and then hold me up? No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about our soul being convicted of its sins. And it feeling the condemnation that is placed upon us. And that's when we become accountable, is whenever we feel condemned before God. We know we're lost. So, for by grace are you saved through faith. 
and that not of yourselves. You see, that faith is not of us. It is the gift of God. God gives us that faith when we seek for him with all of our heart. And that's what he tells us. When you seek for me with all your heart, then, not until then, but then, you shall find me. Now, he said, it's a, it's a gift. It, it's not something you... He's, well, the next verse, verse 9 says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, if I could uh, uh, say to you that I've been such a good man that I'm going to heaven. I have visited the widows and the orphans and their afflictions. I've kept myself unspotted from the world. I've done all these good things. I've been baptized. I've joined the church. I've given my money. Will that get it? No. No, no, because he said, not by works of righteousness, lest, sorry, not of works, lest any man should boast. I could boast of my salvation if I could earn it. It cannot be earned. It is the gift of God. And he said further in verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Not not our workmanship, but it's we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You see, the good works follow us getting saved. That's when we want to be baptized and join the church and try to help other people see their need to salvation. And so in doing that, uh, we're doing uh, works of righteousness. But you can't do works of righteousness until you are righteous before God. And that righteousness is not something that is within us. And these good works uh, God has before ordained that we should uh, walk in them. That's what he wants us to do. And you see, that's why that whenever Paul started this letter, uh, sorry, this second chapter to the Ephesians out, here's what he said. And you, talking to the Ephesian church, hath he quickened. What does quickened mean? It means to make alive. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So you see, there was a conflict on the inside of us. Our sins bothered us. Our sins condemned us. But he said, wherein time past you walked according to the course of this world. Do, do you see what he's saying? That uh, here we are uh, just sinners according to nature. And that's the way we walk. We followed the way the world is going. And a lot of times, if you don't do it, they make fun of you. They laugh at you and say that you're, a, a, what, a square or something like that. Well, let them, let them talk. They better have their fun right now because the time is coming that they'll not do that anymore. 
one day you're going to join into the praises and songs that the people of God sing in heaven. We can sing them now, but it's not going to be like it is in heaven. But the course of this world has a great condemnation laying on it, and it's there today. It was there whenever Paul wrote this, and it is still there, and I want you to listen to it. Let me read this part again. He said, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see, that uh, spirit is active in lost people. That's the reason why that they just can't wait to get down to the bar to get drunk or to be with someone's wife or husband uh, or lie or steal or cheat or any of those sins. It's just something that belongs to the course of this world. And that spirit is now working in the children of disobedience. Whereas on the other side, on the flip side, like I read to you just a while ago, that God has ordained that we walk in, uh, we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. See, it, it changes. We get off of that path to the course of this world and we follow after the things of God. We love God. We love his son. We love his church. We love his word. We love his people. We just love according to the things that God wants us to. And so uh, we have a, uh, uh, a joy that we can't express. Uh, you know, I've said this many times and still true. I was saved January the 29th, 1956. That was a long time ago. But that joy that God put in my heart when he washed those sins away, there was a washing of regeneration. And he gave me a new heart and put a new spirit in my heart. Then I've had that joy ever since. And the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, and peace uh, Paul said in the fifth chapter of Galatians, and that's what it is. It's love and joy and peace and happiness. So wouldn't you like to have that? Well, you can. It's uh, free as far as we're concerned. Uh, it costs God everything to give up his son, to come to this world, to bleed and to die for our sins. But, he was buried, and the third day he arose again, and he went back to heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God, there to become our lawyer or our mediator. That's what he is, because whenever the devil says to God, Paul Bryson has sinned, he's uh, coveted his neighbor's car. And Jesus would say to the Father, I know it, but I've already paid for it. 
by the shedding of my blood. So you see, to be a child of God is worth everything if we can be born again of the Holy Spirit. Now let me explain this. He, Like I was telling you about a man overshadowing a woman, the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God, which is the seed, and he overshadows our soul. And like the woman goes nine months carrying the child, we carry for an undetermined amount of time that seed that finally convicts us and makes us want to be saved more than we want anything else in the world. And friends, I hope that's the desire that you have. I hope that you want to be saved and that you want to go to heaven, that you want to have this new birth. You want to be regenerated or to live again. And you can simply by repenting of your sins and trusting in what Jesus did for you on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. May God bless you and yours until the same time next week.